When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I'm Marjorie Punnett. I'm Elizabeth Reese. This is Best to the Nest, the podcast that's all about creating strong, comfortable, beautiful nests that prepare us to fly. Listen, Marjorie, this topic today has been, I think, about two years in the making, probably, because um, I first met our guest today when Heathcliff was a baby, and I called her for help. Uh, with some eczema and allergy issues that oh, he was I remember having. this. Yeah, it was this, a whole yeah. thing. And then, um, and then she ended up helping me significantly with some things too. And our guest said something to me that I have repeated on the podcast that has become sort of one of those things that's always in the back of my mind as I look at how I handle the health and well-being of myself and my family as a whole. Okay. Do you want me to remind you of this thing that she yes, said? Yes, please, darling. She said to me um, that in a household, the mom is the power strip that everyone else plugs into, that no one in the home can be healthier than the mom, that the mom is that power strip. And it stuck with me so much and I've been thinking about it so much. Um, and now I'm so excited to dig into it today. Yeah, I love it. And it, I remember you telling me that. And I think now that, you know, my children are grown and gone and I have an adult relationship with them because I, and I can say this because I've been through it, I was the power strip. And it's so interesting now to see how that plays out with my adult children. And it's wonderful. And it's, it's, um, I think it's um, it's an honor. And that's sort of what I want to talk about. Sometimes when we feel tired as wives and mothers, if we feel very put upon, but I think we can reframe that a little bit, a little bit, but I love that. Um, before we get to that though, speaking of power, <laughs> I am taking care of my face. I know and you're where you're going with this and I'm so proud of you. I am very excited about this. I have started um, on your recommendation using poor moi climate smart skincare and it's so wonderful i can't even i have all of the products lined up right here i mean i have my this is my routine real quickly before i get into what it actually is but this is how easy it is i have the hydrating balancer you were trying to read it in french weren't you? i was yeah, and i wasn't I going to do that and then mm-hmm. i have the serum the black serum and then i have two separate day creams one for temperate and one for polar and this is the beauty of the skincare is you just you take a picture you know that you they have a little you know coat at the top 
And um, what is that little thing called again? It's called a QR code, Marjorie. The QR code. Thank you. The little QR code. You take a little, you know, you, you use your camera and then it tells you whether you should use the polar or the temperate. And here's what's so interesting. Last week, two days polar, three days temperate. Because right now, temperatures are swaying so much. But I'll tell you, we're going to tell you more about this later on the podcast. But real quickly, it is affordable luxury skincare and it's from France. And it is proven for anti-aging results. Use code BEST for an extra 20% off and with a 100% money back guarantee. Go to poormoiskincare.com. That's P-O-U-R-M-O-I skincare.com. Oh, big thank you to them for presenting Best to the Nest. Okay, let's welcome our guest. Our guest is Jenny Hoagland, and she is the enlightened homeopath, which everything about that I just loved so much. (laughs) And uh, you can follow Jenny on Instagram. I certainly encourage you to do so. I know you're going to want to take some of her courses as well, which I have done also. Um, But Jenny, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's such an honor to be here. I'm so excited about this opportunity to chat with both of you. It's just wonderful to have you here. I think we need to start, you know, when if you're interested in homeopathy, which I have been for a long time, and um, Jenny has done other podcasts on this. She's got tons of amazing resources on her website in terms of classes you can take. Today, we're going to talk about something a little bit different than specific homeo- uh, you know, homeopathic remedies. But I do want to talk about, Jenny, kind of your philosophy on holistic health as a whole. How did this become something that you wanted, you were looking at healthcare a little bit differently? Yeah. You know, I, I have a background actually in laboratory science. I spent many years working in a blood bank and a fertility clinic. And while I really liked being of service to people and contributing with a medical you know, lens through a medical lens, I always knew that there was something missing because conventional medicine doesn't really always address the whole person. And even in the laboratory, even in the um, fertility clinic, it was obvious. We're just focusing on one part of a person. And so how does the whole picture um, come into account here was always the question in my mind. And when I became pregnant with my son, I went in for, um, I think, one or two ultrasounds, and they said, oh, well, it, it looks okay, but something might be wrong. You might want to come back. You, you know, we're not, we're concerned. The second ultrasound, oh, you better come back. We're concerned. Everything's okay now. But it was this real fear-based approach that turned me off immediately. And I said, you know what? I'm going to just push pause here. I'm going to assess my options. I decided to have a home birth and really from that moment on started learning everything I could about holistic health because I wanted to understand myself and my children as a whole rather than just um, pieces, fear-based approach. And I was really just um, quite turned off by that experience. And so I started seeing a homeopath because my whole life I'd felt very tired. I had a thyroid problem. I was disengaged. I thought life was just something to kind of get through every day. I didn't have a lot of enjoyment or passion. And after seeing a homeopath, my whole life changed. I became Hmm. really excited to be alive. I became super engaged. I became energetic for the first time ever. I mean, I can remember being a kid and feeling sluggish. So something was off. I think from day one for me, 
And so homeopathy really gave me a life that I had never had before in terms of just restoring my vital energy. And what I love most about it is that homeopathic philosophy understands that symptoms are not disease. People are a whole and symptoms are just the language of the body, helping oh. us to understand you know what's happening on that deeper level. And I fell in love instantly and decided to become a homeopath. I have to repeat that. Say, or you have to repeat that for me. Uh, symptoms are the is. Did you say symptoms are the language of the body? Yeah, symptoms that's, are not disease. They're they're the clues to the you know what's happening. That's great. What did the homeopath yeah. do for you that was so life changing? Yeah. So a lot of people, you know, I'll just start by explaining that homeopathy is a very um, specific system of holistic medicine, a very specific branch of holistic medicine. A lot of people think homeopathic means holistic um, or that a homeopath is the same as a naturopath. But homeopathy is actually a very specific branch of holistic medicine that was developed in the 1700s and uses really diluted doses of natural substances to stimulate a healing response in the person. So with uh, with a homeopathic remedy, we're able to address multiple issues at once because it addresses the uh, deeply ingrained energetic pattern we tend to hold sometimes that keeps us locked in stress, in illness, in you know anything that keeps us apart from well-being. And often it's tied to a generational pattern that's been passed down from parents or even ancestors. So a homeopathic remedy, when, when we go to see a homeopath, we get what's called a constitutional remedy. And it's a remedy that addresses that stuck pattern that many of us have been carrying since childhood. Uh, and so it, it allows our system to finally, for the first time ever, for some of us, start to be free of this stress response, this out of proportion, you know, reaction sometimes that we carry to life that keeps us sick, stuck really unhappy. So for me, my experience of that was it allowed my true self to really come forward for the first time because my my system let go of that ingrained uh, generational pattern that it had been holding for many years. That's fascinating. Isn't it amazing? That's it's fascinating. so fascinating. So when I did my uh, got my constitutional remedy from Jenny, I mean, I think we had almost a two-hour conversation. It's It's not a short process or process, as the Canadians say. I'm trying to mainstream process in the U.S., you guys. It's just really, I'm working on it because I like it so much. That's a side note. But um, but what's interesting, too, about homeopathy... You don't, you don't have enough to do. I know. I like it. Um, <laughs> is that it can also... You can also look for specific remedies for specific acute problems. And I think, you know, we always talk about on this podcast because... I um, utilize a lot of different holistic health practitioners. I also broke my ankle two years ago and went directly to the emergency room and very much appreciated the service that I received there and the um, and the immediate action of a surgeon who put me back together. That being said, when I was looking towards my recovery, that was when I really started to go, okay, now I need more of a holistic approach because I understand that the ankle is part of my bigger system and that when something happens to one part of your body, there's all sorts of areas that can be impacted, like, you know, all those things. So, you know, I always want to clarify to people that I think that Western medicine is so important and has a huge place in acute care. And I know that is exactly how Jenny feels too. And I, you talk about this a lot about like, at some points, you're going to need antibiotics and thank oh, God definitely. for antibiotics. You know, I, my daughter used an antibiotic cream for impetigo this, um, 
this summer. And don't yeah. tell anyone I told you that. <laughs> I think she'd be mortified. But, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, it for sure, conventional medicine has its place and it's needed. And in acute care, it absolutely shines, right? We need right. surgeons. We need emergency care. But it's in the long-term management sometimes of chronic issues that things get a little uh, imbalanced. People tend to get sicker because when we just address the symptoms, you know, we can provide relief in the moment, um, or maybe even for a period of time, but without that deeper investigation, um, when we just remove a symptom, it tends to drive the illness deeper into the system. And then we get chronically ill on another level, which, you know, I don't think anybody would argue with that looking at the state of overall chronic health in our country. Totally. Because if you are just addressing the symptom, you are silencing the language of the body, which is what you talked about. If you're, you know, and and again, just like you talked about, sometimes that has to happen. I always right. tell people when they ask about homeopathy, I always say, hey, look at Arnica. Arnica to me is like the, probably the most mainstream. If you look at most like pain creams that are put on people, if you have, you know, like a sore back, a sore, whatever, tons of those things in your regular convenience store have arnica in them, Jenny. I, I like it's so crazy. You see yeah, that? Yeah, and surgeons everywhere. are surgeons are handing out arnica at, at surgery centers now to help clear the anesthesia and help you just with that initial trauma. What it's is so it? Helpful. What is arnica? It? Arnica is probably our number one homeopathic remedy. It's made from actually a daisy, mountain daisy. It's um, wonderful for any type of surgical trauma, a big injury, bruises. You know, I always say that you don't need a remedy for an everyday, you know, minor cold injury, but when your system is really stuck with a sickness or an injury or a big shock, like a, um, you know, big surgical procedure, Arnica can help your system move toward healing more quickly and efficiently. This is what all homeopathic remedies do, whether used, you know, for chronic issues or acute issues, is it just helps your body get unstuck and move down the path of least resistance toward feeling better. Oh, that's great. Well, I think too, there's a, I think there's a bigger piece to this and I don't think we're comparing Western medicine with homeopathy or suggesting one is better than the other. When I sort of look through the middle way on this, it is always a balance. And I think the one thing that where Western medicine can fail is in conversation, in knowing the whole person. And I think that's where what's interesting to me about what you do when Elizabeth says when she came to you, you talked to her for two hours. That is a really rare thing in traditional medicine these days. You know, even if you go to your primary on a new patient welcome, it probably wouldn't be a two-hour consult. And so I think the speed with which modern medicine has to move sometimes works at a disadvantage to really getting to know the person, know the patterns of the person, know the whole person, which can have really some dire consequences when people aren't keeping track of those things. So I think then... Go ahead, Elizabeth. Well, I was just going to say then, I mean, you have things like emotional trauma and generational trauma that isn't even addressed, you know, and right. and it's, and that's not addressed at all. Cause it's just not even within, it's not even within the scope of the system when well, it comes do it, to that kind of they care. They do it within the questionnaire. You know, if you're doing a, if you're doing an intake at a primary, they'll say, you know, does depression run in your family? Yes, no. But it's like, that's not, <laughs> that's not the deep dive. I think that most people, cause I don't know how people answer that. 
I don't know if they answer it truthfully. I don't know if people know whether depression runs in their family or not. But just checking something, I don't think that's really what we're talking about when we're looking at a whole person, to your point. You know, mm-hmm. they may ask mm-hmm. it, but then does it get pursued in a deeper, more um, intentional way that would suggest that that pattern is affecting your life? I don't know that that's the case. Yeah. I mean, I can't yeah. speak for all primaries. I can't, but. Um, Jenny, let's let's talk about this quote, this thing that you said to me about the um, the power strip, moms being the power strip. And you said this to me when I was having my appointment with you for Heathcliff because you were encouraging me in a very kind and non-pressure-filled way, but to, to focus on myself too. And so you said, so a lot of times when a lot of moms come to you saying, okay, I'm having this issue with my child and I need help and I would like you know, a remedy or or whatever you're going to offer in terms of um, caring for the child. And you will say, but what about the mom? So what's the core belief there? And how did that come to you that the that this role of mother within the family is so crucial? Well, I experienced it for myself, you know, and I think we all have when mom is not emotionally regulated the kids fall apart. The family kind of falls apart. Mom's regulation, mom's nervous system regulation, emotional regulation is really everything because that's what the kids and partner too are often calibrating to. It's like, what's the temperature here? I don't know how I feel yet. I mean, have you ever had that experience where you're in a bad mood and then kids are in a bad mood and dad is in a bad mood? And it's like, get, can you guys get your own mood, please? Can I have a moment here? That's what I say. Can you get your own mood? No, not an option. So I love that. It's that. It's like I'm the sort of pacemaker. I'm the power strip. And everyone is looking to me to decide, even for energetic permission to feel well. So I, I don't think we realize how closely tuned in everybody in the family is to the new. I mean, you hear all the time stories that adults tell. Well, I hear I hear quite frequently as a practitioner. You know, I was I was always listening. I was always aware. It was like walking on eggshells. It, mom or dad would explode. Kids are so tuned into that um, state of regulation in the home that, you know, in my opinion, that's the number one thing is to get mom in a state of regulation. And there are a lot lot of ways we can do this, right? We all know what helps bring us into a state of like calm, relaxed, ease, peace, but we don't always make it a priority because we think, well, when, when the kids are taken care of, I'll feel better. When I cure the kids illness, then I'll feel better. But we don't realize that everything is an extension of us. And so we are the key in everybody else feeling the way we want them to feel. So it's kind of the cycle. It is interesting to see that our moods are contagious. They do infect the family. And so if you don't regulate your mood, and I saw this with my own children, I was not always great with my temper or, you know, I'm very impatient by nature. These are things that I've had to work on because those things were the things that I was modeling for my own children. And once you realize that, it's such an enormous responsibility. And in a sense, to me, it was a gift to myself to learn how to regulate because that brought me peace and I felt better. And I just love how you say that. Like, it's, you know, even if your kids are sick, like you counseled Elizabeth, Heathcliff was having trouble, but are you taking care of yourself? Because Heathcliff's looking to you. 
And so if he's in discomfort and his eczema is going crazy and all of those things, he's looking to your face and your mood of how do I react to this? So I, I think that's a really powerful thing for, for women to hear. And I hope when they hear it, they're not hearing, oh my God, this is one more thing I have to do. And instead hear, oh my goodness, my peace is paramount. My calm nature is paramount. These, these are good things for me. I, I love that. I think that's important. That reframe is a really important part. It can very easily, especially when you're in the thick of it, you know, and when you're in the thick of it and you're like, okay, I've got a baby, I've got a two-year-old and a six-year-old. And you're telling me now that I determine everybody in this house. Holy hell, I can't even keep a handle on the laundry. I mean, how am I supposed to keep a handle on all of that? So how do you help women in particular reframe that as an opportunity rather than an added responsibility? Yeah, because it can seem like so much pressure, right? Yes. Oh, great. I was already having a bad day. And now you're <laughs> telling me that that's going to doom my kids to a lifetime of like generational trauma because right. I'm snapping right. at them. No, it's not that serious. We have infinite um, chances to screw up and do it over. And, you know, what I found really helpful is if I snap at my kids, I just I take a minute and I'm like, oh, you know what? I didn't want to snap at you. I was feeling really anxious in that moment. And just by working through that process in front of them, that teaches them emotional intelligence because it's not about being perfect. It's not about um, never doing it. It's not about really wishing I was a different person. It's about just opening up and showing like, oh, you know, this is my goal and I don't always meet that. And, you know, I'm doing my best. Having compassion for ourselves, modeling that openly in front of our kids teaches them so much more, I think than being a perfect parent. I think that's that's one of the most important things that you can tell a mother or a father, that if they snap at their children or they lose their temper or if they're dismissive or in any way maybe aren't the parent that they want to be, is to confront that within themselves. And then, like you said, to explain it to your kids. Because I think that also raises human beings that when they go to school, and they and they may not have complete control of their mood, that they have a way and a language to articulate why they lost control. And the same is true in the workplace. And it's so funny when I look back at jobs and think of the people that I worked with that had no emotional regulation skills. <laughs> they just don't. I mean, we, we Elizabeth and I work in media, and I think that's a, a hotbed of people with lots of emotional range, which is interesting. But emotional I think, range is a really nice way to say that. <laughs> yes, yes. But I think how refreshing is it even adult to adult when a person comes to you and said, hey, I lost my temper or I was short with you in a meeting or I was dismissive of you, but I realized I did that and I'm so sorry. I mean, people that have done that with me or I've done that with people as well. It's just, it just clears the air. So of course, with your children, that would be a great thing to do. Cause I don't think there's ever, I've never, I don't think I've ever met another mom or had a friend who's a mom who has said that she's never lost it. Not one. Well, well and for me too, it's about cultivating this inner parent within myself that can be there for me when I'm having a hard time. So leading myself through moments of frustration or anxiety or whatever it is, learning how to be there for myself in that way of like, oh, this is really hard. This is a hard moment. Of course you feel 
upset. You just, your toddler spilled their cereal. Of course you feel rage. Allowing these emotions instead of suppressing them and saying, no, I shouldn't feel this way because good moms don't feel this way. It just like, you know, suppressive medication just drives it deeper. And then we go down to like disempowerment and sadness instead of just moving up the emotional scale. You know, every time we allow ourselves to feel anger briefly, we move up to a better feeling place. And so I'm a fan of allowing it with with self-compassion and consciousness that this is what I'm going through because that brings a, an ability to respond instead of just reacting blindly, I think. So yeah. when you say I think it, it's oh go ahead. No, but when you say it moves us so a moment of anger moves us to a better place. Do you mean that it moves us to a place of if we're sort of in touch with it of emotional awareness? Is is that why what you mean by it moves us to a better place? Well, so often we are in a state, you know, when we're having a really hard time of disempowerment or um, depression, not clinical depression, but I'm saying a depressed, a depressed emotion. Um, And we'll start to feel anger, but we'll deny ourselves that outlet because it's not appropriate. I shouldn't be angry. And so then we kind of go back down to depression and disempowerment. When if we allowed that anger and we said, you know what, I'm really feeling angry, consciously feel this you know what, whatever it is, I'm really mad about this. And then we reach for something that feels a little bit better. This is based on, um, I don't know if you've heard about Esther Hicks, Abraham Hicks. Mm -hmm. She has developed something called an emotional guidance scale. It's really, you can't, you can't, this is why positive affirmations don't work when you're feeling depressed or disempowered. You can't just say, oh, I'm going to have a good day. Gosh, today I'm so grateful. I feel great because it's too great of a jump. So it's really important for us to allow ourselves to feel deeply the feelings in between disempowered and happy, which anger is a big, powerful one. And then we could move up to something a little lighter, like disappointed. I have a actually a free course on this that I'll give you guys the link to. And any listeners who want to sign up, it's called Abundantly Well. It's a free class that I put together that teaches you some basic skills how to get into the driver's seat of your emotions and just move up that emotional scale step by step because it's too uh, complex to talk about here in this podcast. But, you know, it's not always about going and getting care with a homeopath or getting a massage or doing whatever. It's Sometimes it's about what are the steps I can do here and now with whatever resources I have to feel better. And so um, I love that. Yeah, that's that's an an option. And I I think that's so important. That's a huge part of my work is empowering women with actionable, practical stuff we can do now in the moment because, you know, who who can just drop everything and go have a spa day? Right. Right. Well, who can afford it? You know, those are sort of of luxuries. But it's always amazing when I hear, um, I mean, I love what you're saying because I think regulation of emotion is such a, is such a a powerful tool. And sometimes I think, like, I look back at my own children's lives and I almost wish, like, they taught it in school. Like, you know, I don't know which class to cut. That would be a very politically fraught thing to say, cut 10 minutes out of sciences or cut 10 minutes out of whatever. But I just, I think that idea of that you are in control of how you're feeling and that those feelings are okay but how do you how do you go from one to another? I mean, that for some people that's going to be mind blowing. That okay, I can feel this anger. 
But then what comes next? Disappointment. Yeah. I mean, that's so powerful. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I just is. had and to say how you know, they, I think they are, speaking as a mother with children in Do school they? now. I mean, I see my kids come home with little worksheets with like faces and kid, and then their job is to like identify what they're feeling in this moment or how they feel. And this they is kind great. Of, and it is, and it is good. I mean, really, emotional self regulation and home ec are like the two, and probably <laughs> finance are probably like the yes. three most important things that can like lead to a peaceful life. I wonder too then about this emotional regulation piece and how it relates to your physical health as well, because I've been reading. Um, it, within the last year, I read Dr. Bradley Campbell's The Emotion Code and The Body Code both. And he really believes that 80% at least of illnesses are directly related to trapped emotions within you. So, I mean, you have to buy into The Emotion Code and The Body Code. And if you do, that's, you know, it's, it's, that's a different way of looking at emotions. But when you, it, people who are emotionally dysregulated, are they more susceptible to illness, I guess, is what I'm asking, Jenny. Oh, I, I definitely. I don't think there's, I don't think any doctor would disagree that, you know, stress makes you more susceptible to illness. And really that's, that's what it's all about is that susceptibility, whether it's on the emotional or physical level, um, it can all stem from stress. And stress, it's not always external. A lot of us have, like I was talking about earlier, these internal uh, ancestral patterns. You know, when you think about epigenetic uh, trauma responses, they're handed down through generations. Mm-hmm. And we can be living a perfectly happy life that looks great on paper, but we're stuck in fight or flight. We're reacting as if, you know, a tiger is running toward us, coming to eat us. And we're just sitting here, you know, watching Teletubbies. I don't know if Teletubbies is a big thing anymore. No, it's I'm not. Guessing, not, not, not it. But you know what I'm saying, right? <laughs> yes. It's this out of proportion response that we carry in us. And so some ways to deal with that are like I was saying that the work with the emotional scale, homeopathy is a great way. You know, there are some different types of therapy that helps to repattern. So this work I think is really valuable too, but yeah, so much stress. And I think also there's this big, there's this big issue. We live this amazingly pampered, safe life here in the United States, right? And so it can be, a lot of us do. And so it can be hard to look at what's happening globally in a lot of areas and say, well, I'm going to feel good today because I deserve it. And it can feel sort of uh, like that's not the best look, right? Like that's not appropriate because we should be really keeping a lid on that. Don't be too happy right now. But I really think the opposite is true. I think the more we can cultivate um, our regulation, our mental and emotional health and intelligence to be the best version of ourselves, I think that we are then the of the best service to the world around us. And so it's not just some self-indulgent thing to work on ourselves. It's actually the most responsible thing we can do right now is to feel as good as we can because you, we know it's true. I'm when I'm feeling good, I'm of best use and service to my kids, to my community, to my friends, to my Absolutely. partner. So Absolutely addressing that, because I think a lot of us are like, well, it's not appropriate to feel good. But the truth is, and Esther Hicks says this a lot, you can't, 
get sad enough to help somebody. You can't get broke enough to help somebody. You can't get, you know, miserable enough to help somebody. The only way we can really have a positive change in the world is by investing in our own well-being on whatever level we can. And so I think giving ourselves that permission and that, you know, that is really important. That's one of the things that I I worked for Oprah Winfrey in the 90s. And that's one of the things that I so much admired about her is she would always say, I am a work in progress. And what I learn, because she had definite trauma in her life, although trauma is not graded, you know, trauma is different for everybody. But she was part of what changed the tone of her show was she was starting to look at things that she was feeling and trying to understand. And that as she would learn, she would share. It was sort of the secret of her show that the things she was sharing was coming from a very authentic place. And it goes to exactly to that point is she was better for the world because she was trying to get to her best self. I mean, this is where live your best life comes from. That's all of it. It's like when we work on ourselves, it's not a selfish act. It's actually a service act because we can we can put that right back into the community. And I just want to mention Elizabeth and I have talked about this book quite a bit. But when you if you don't know a lot about generational trauma and how that affects your brain, she wrote a book with um, a, a neuroscientist, and the book is called "What Happened to You: Conversations on Trauma, Resilience, and Healing." And this is all there are quite a few bits in that book about generational trauma. So very easy to listen to on Audible. It was a wonderful book to read. So that's just my own recommendation. As long as we're making recommendations, Elizabeth, when we're talking about stressors, stress can show up in our skin. It absolutely yes. can. Yeah, it totally can. And uh, you know what? If you take care of your skin, it's just that little moment to take care of yourself. You know, we're saying you can't solve all the world's problems by a spa day, but a couple minutes to yourself to take care of your skin makes a big difference. I do this every day with Pormois Climate Smart Skin Care. Uh, they are a presenting sponsor of Best to the Nest, and I absolutely love this company. It's a female-founded company. Did you know that Pormois has 10 patents and counting. Do you know how hard it is to get a patent on skincare, Marjorie? Turns out it's really hard because you have to actually show that it works. Turns out that's really difficult unless it really works, which is exactly what Formois Climate Smart Skincare does. I've been using this for about three years. Um, I've been singing its praises ever since. It's been a total game changer for me. And um, as I go into my 40s, I just go into it so much more confidently knowing that I am taking great care of my skin. And Marjorie, you just started using it too. Yes. And it really is. It's a simple system. It's a wonderful system. And what I love is I understand where these ingredients are coming from, which very much matters to me, where they're coming from and their purity before I put it on my face. So I am absolutely loving it. Where they're coming from is France. Pormois is affordable luxury skincare from France, and you can use the code BEST for an extra 20% off with a 100% money back guarantee. So make sure you use that code and go to pormoiskincare.com. That's P-O-U-R-M-O-I skincare.com. That means for me in France, French, I took one semester of French, (laughs) freshman year of college, And it was early in the morning, and so I did not go to enough classes, and I didn't do that well. I learned a valuable lesson there, but it wasn't French. (laughs) It wasn't French. (laughs) I did did the Alliance Francaise intensive, (laughs) which was quite wonderful, but you know what? You really can't learn. You cannot become fluent in six weeks. I did learn that as well, but pour moi. Uh, We've got that. 
And that's Use a it. great code, twenty percent off. That's a I very know, generous discount. <laughs> Jenny's like figuring out. She's she's like, can you guys hold on? I need to place an order. I, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what yeah. happens. I know it really is good. So, okay, Jenny, I do want to ask you. Then, you know, we've touched on this a little bit, but if you know, if moms, we have a huge audience of moms on this podcast. So, if if you could kind of prioritize a couple of the first steps to take to go, okay, how can I take some action today? or this week, um, that would, that would not totally overwhelm me. And then I want to talk about the work that you're doing with some of this consulting work with small groups of moms too. Well, I think it's really, for me, all about coming into alignment with that best version of myself. You know, some people are, I identify with God or a higher power or intuition or source energy. For me, finding a guiding force in my life, whether it's internal or external, is key because I believe that there is uh, guidance available for me. There are solutions available for me all the time. There is wellness available all the time. And so it is my job to tune into that, to align with that. So start noticing where you feel good and where you don't feel good. What thoughts feel good? What thoughts don't feel good? And start just jotting down some notes. Becoming the observer is the first step because until we have awareness, we don't have any power. But once we start to be aware, we get a little bit more control over what's happening. So if you can notice where you are paying attention, and I use that word paying, right? Where are you, where are you flowing your energy and how does it feel? For me, if I flow my energy toward um, thinking about something that's upsetting, like worrying about, oh, are, are my kids going to be okay with this? What are they eating? Are they, you know, are they shoving in junk food? It doesn't feel good. So you know what? I'm just not going to worry about it. And that seems a little bit counterintuitive. Like, how are they going to eat well if, but but stay with me here. <laughs> I think about how they're thriving. I think about how they are making great choices. They're finding what they love in life. They're working things out. And you know, it just could be that they have a connection to God or source energy or the universe, whatever it is that I'm not even a part of. I don't have to be the middleman between them and wellness or well-being. And so if I just can focus on how well they're doing, you know, certainly I drive them to appointments. I take care of the things that need to be taken care of. But that mindset shift, where am I flowing my energy to? That is how we as moms, as that power strip, actually feed what we want to grow by giving it our attention. It's that law of attraction piece. What you pay attention to actually grows. And it could be that the law of attraction is BS and it's just that you're less stressed and everybody senses that and they do better. But I think that it really works because <laughs> when I'm paying attention to things that feel good, those things get bigger in my experience. When I'm paying attention to what's good about my kids, those things grow in my kids. But when I'm locked in anxiety about sickness or what they're doing or this or that, and don't get me wrong, when there are problems, you need to address them. But if you can spend the majority of your time focusing on what feels better, you know, just that mindset shift, like put on a pair of glasses that sees the good things. We're so trained to look at the bad things because we think if we don't spend a lot of time thinking about them, they'll grow out of control. But it's not actually true. It's not. I love that. It's so good. I know. You have so many good. I want to like be a 
want to be a mug maker with all your little statements and I just want to <laughs> oh, put them on. I'll mugs. meet you at uh, paint your plate. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It would be such a good arts and crafts <laughs> project that it, it really, it's, it's interesting because I think what you do, Jenny, is that you do so beautifully that I love is that you bring together some of these principles of other sort of healers or energy people, kind of intuitive coaches all together into one. And the the biggest thing is paying attention to how you feel. I think that has been such a life-changing thing for me that I started doing really when I started realizing how much I loved being in the garden. This is why I say the garden is the greatest, it's just my greatest gift because I started to pay attention to how I felt when I was in the garden, which is just at peace, just at this sense of calm and this sense of just of presence is a big thing. Um, and I also feel that when I'm on the show on Twin Cities Live, there's just this, wherever you feel the most present, focusing on that and prioritizing that as a non-negotiable, even when I'm out on a walk, I went on a walk today, when I'm prioritizing walks, it's better. If you can focus on what makes you feel present, I think then the other things start to fall in line. That's so helpful. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our time about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Well, and I want to give just a small example, too, of how we can choose how we're perceiving something. So I recently heard somebody um, talking about earbuds and how she was concerned about her husband wearing his earbuds. <laughs> I wonder you know. who that was. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. know. It was just who a few minutes that? ago. She was probably you asking know? about it for a friend. <laughs> yeah, I think she was. I think she was talking about a friend. But anyway, it was, she said, you know, I'm afraid of they're going to fry his brain or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I would say, don't worry about it at all. Give thanks to those earbuds for the beautiful technology, the sound or the relaxation that they're giving. These are so convenient. There's no cords to get tangled up. Pop those earbuds in and enjoy, <laughs> I would say. So it's, you know, obviously if there's something we know, there's a great risk. Like I'm not going to down 10 cans of Diet Coke and just be like, oh my gosh. But I had a client who was like feeling so terrible about Mountain Dew. She had one Mountain Dew every day. And I said, lady, enjoy that Mountain Dew. Give gratitude for that bright yellow liquid and all the energy <laughs> it's giving you. You know what I mean? Like make a choice and get on board with it, I think yeah. is the most important thing to think about. That's I love that because I think there are so many things that if we choose to be anxious about them, we can be anxious about them. And that 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 just that little paradigm shift of focusing on what's positive um, particularly when you're talking about like what you see in your kids that's good, that when you focus on that, that will grow. I think particularly Elizabeth is right at the beginning with her oldest daughter 
of sort of the beginnings of school anxiety of how is my child doing in school? How are they doing socially? How are they doing intellectually? All of those things. And I think that's such a good reminder of what is going well in her academic journey and just allowing those things to blossom and grow. And I think I just know so many parents who stress about how they're doing in school. And then my older son was a swimmer and it was quite amazing to watch the anxiety for the for the swimmers that were super competitive and the parents were hoping for college scholarships and all, you know, that were sort of swimming at another level. The anxiety that that activity was bringing to the child and the parents was fascinating to me mm-hmm. um, because it took away the joy of like, wow, that kid has a beautiful stroke. Look at how fast he goes. You know, just that sort of like, that's, and I get it. I mean, a college scholarship is a big deal, but but I do think it's a good little seed to plant in these parents with kids who are just coming into these bigger, these even bigger issues of what's going well, how can that grow? How can it be a thing of beauty and not a producer of anxiety? Yeah. Um, I think that's really, really important. Jenny, what are you finding when you're working with women? Because you're doing this, it's it's called the Sovereign Mom Project, right? Where you're working with moms? Yes. I my my one it's actually a one-on-one program. So yeah. I pushed pause on standard homeopathic care for now because I've identified that, you know, it's the world is moving so fast. Things are so fast paced now that it's no longer to just be a bystander in our care. And what I mean is we can't just sign up with a practitioner and say, okay, fix me. We need to be a willing participant. And so my, it's a really one of a kind hybrid program where I combine homeopathy. So you still get that constitutional remedy, but we do um, biweekly mindset coaching calls. So I'm teaching you and working with you to really get in the practice of becoming the driver of your life, right? Rather than just the bystander that's reacting, we're going to be the responder. We're going to be the one who has emotional intelligence. So we work on all types of uh, all types of mindset stuff. I mean, mindset's too small of a word for the deep, deep healing that happens here, but it's, um, it's been amazing so far. I've had, uh, I think 11 or 12 women come through this program in the, in the past, um, you know, four or six months. And it's been mind blowing what shifts they've been able to accomplish. It's just been an honor. The, the most rewarding work of my life by far. So it's so good. What are they saying to you about the shift then not only within themselves, but then within their whole families? It's just like a domino effect. I feel better. And a, a lot of times health issues eczema clears up of of all things, right? Like chronic health issues in the kids heal when mom gets emotionally regulated. That's the thing. That's the depth of this work and the power of this work that um, we sometimes overlook and don't understand because we are energetic beings. We are energetic beings. And so understanding that I think is the key to the whole family's health. I love it. It's so good. Jenny, you are amazing. And, um, I I just cannot encourage you to follow Jenny enough on Instagram because she gives out so many incredible free nuggets. I mean, it's just stuff that will really make you think. And Jenny and I just had lunch last week, which was the first time I'd met her in person because all of our appointments have been virtual. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're in real life. This is so exciting. It was so fun. And it was so wonderful. And even that, it was, you just... You really are a person who helps me to think about things in a totally different way. And you have this ability um, of, I don't want to say calling me out because that's not what it is, but it's sort of just saying, 
hey, did you think of it this way? It, it's such a beautiful way that you articulate that. And it's, and I just love it. I mean, any time with you and everything that you're putting out there is so important. It And it was really tempting for me when I heard that power strip line to go, oh my gosh, this is another thing that I have on my list. But when it when the reframe happened, it was a big deal for me. I even realized too, just how my expectation of how my partner is going to be is impacts our whole family because I was anticipating that Jay was going to come in the door and be crabby every time. And then guess what happened? He was coming in the door crabby every time. I know you find this surprising. And then he would find his AirPods and put them in his ears. Yeah. No, but, um, but when I shifted, when I stopped thinking like that, like I, the expectation was like, he's going to be happy. And if he had a hard day, we'll talk about it. And then we'll be able to set it aside and move forward with the rest of our evening. It was like a life changer for our household. That's great. I want to say to all the moms too, who might be feeling pressure, don't take it so seriously. Yeah. You know, Esther Hicks, another favorite quote is there's nothing too serious going on here. So let's have fun. Let's have a good time. I mean, some things are serious. Yes. But the less seriously we can take ourselves, I think is the key. Yeah. So good. I love that. Jenny, you're the best. We're going to have to have you back, okay? Because, you know, we're going to have more ground to cover. Sounds great. I would love that too. If you are enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a review at Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best to the Nest or go to besttothenest.com as well. We are the podcast that brings you home.